Well, we read from Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11, Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11. While you're turning, I'll, I'll clear this up. Denise, he did snap at you, didn't he? Let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something you need to know. Old people are sensitive about that kind of thing. You, just, you can't just go screaming out questions like that. <laughs> Seriously, Rick, I can remember when you and me were the young couples. You know, we our, our families were the young couples in the church, all our newborn babies and toddlers, and, you know, the toddlers could barely get around, and me and Rick can barely get around. Oh, but that's all right. I'm, I'm still glad to, to, to be here. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. You know, the Bible says to weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. And, of course, a lot of times we, we weep with those that weep. But I'm rejoicing with the ones that are rejoicing today because I know there is no school next week. And I am thrilled for, for my kids. You know, it's been 50 years since I was in junior high. 50 years. And I still feel that joy of, of those kids who are looking at no school for the next week. Because I can remember, of course, we had all week out. And there you are, the holiday season. It was cool outside. And with, with our family, it was cousin time. Because we were close to our cousins. We could all get together because we had moved over to Magnolia and cousins were still in El Dorado. We'd all get together and be a happy time. Also, if you remember... Deer season didn't last six months of the year. We had one week, and then we had the Thanksgiving hunt. Oh, man. And so we could go get on deer stand. Uh, we were out of school. and Well, we're out of school during deer season sometime anyway, but it's not an official day off. We just took a day off. But anyway, I'm, but, but we, had, we had several days off. We could do the Thanksgiving hunt. You know, it's appropriate that Thanksgiving is the beginning of the holiday season, and that was always the kickoff for us because we start doing holiday things uh, and, and during the Thanksgiving holidays, I mean, that week out of school kicked it off. And from then on till December, it was just one holiday thing after another. In a biblical perspective uh, of the attitude of gratitude is always important. And I know we've looked at this passage of Scripture before during the Thanksgiving time, but it's always good to revisit this passage of Scripture and, and to drive home some lessons that are important for us, not just this time of the year, but the whole year. These things are important for us to know. Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11, would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Now it happened, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for giving us a look at Jesus and hearing the things he has to say. Help us to look at ourselves. If there's anything we need to clear up with you today, please make that known to us. Help us, Father, to step up, to make things right. If we can leave here being on speaking terms with you, 
So we need that during the holiday season. And folks need for us to be praying. So, Father, we ask that we can leave here knowing that all things have been made right. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It says that Jesus was traveling. He was traveling, going to Jerusalem, and he happened to pass between Samaria and Galilee. In order to get the full impact of what's going on in this passage of Scripture, we need to keep in mind the ultimate destination. You see, Jesus was not going to this unnamed village. He was simply going through this village to somewhere else. And we know, of course, he was going through this village to Jerusalem. He wasn't just going to Jerusalem on a trip. If you look in chapter 9, verse 51, Luke tells us about this trip to Jerusalem. Chapter 9, verse 51. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. The time had come for him to be received up. He was not just going to Jerusalem. He was going to Jerusalem to pay the cost for our salvation. It was time for him to be received up. It was time for him to be offered up. And so we understand Jesus was not going just to Jerusalem. Jesus knew he was going to Jerusalem and he would die on the cross. He would accomplish God's plan through the ages to complete that plan of salvation. And here's the point. It is important that Jesus, of course, complete the plan of salvation so we can have a home up there. And that's important to Christ. So important he gave the ultimate sacrifice so we could have a home up there. But until we get to that home up there, what's going on down here is important to him as well. You see, he was going to Jerusalem. And he could say, I've got no time for this. This is all temporary. I'm going to Jerusalem. Look at the eternal things. But on his way to Jerusalem, he encountered ten lepers at an unknown village. He was passing through. But on his way through, he was concerned about what those guys were facing down here. We look in this past scripture and we realize these men were suffering. These men were suffering and we knew that some of these men were Jewish men. Why is that? Because Jesus told them to go show yourselves to the priest. He wouldn't say that to a Greek guy that of course, knew nothing about what was going on. But notice he said, one of these men were a Samaritan. A Samaritan. Now, a little bit of homework. We realize Samaritans and Jews didn't keep company with each other. Uh, they didn't just avoid each other. They hated each other. Hated each other. It was a racial hatred. It was a religious hatred. It was a national hatred. It was about as big of a boundary as you could put between two human beings, between Samaritans and Jewish people. 
And we realize here all 10 of these guys had leprosy. So the, the lesson here is this. Suffering crosses all human boundaries. All human boundaries. Does not matter about nationality, privilege, finances, culture, language, color. Everybody hurts. Suffering hits everybody. Sometimes it's hard to relate to the suffering of them, whoever them is to us, whether it be somebody that's not like us, somebody that doesn't like us. But we realize that all of these men were together in one group. Imagine that, a Samaritan keeping company with Jews, and they allowed him to be in their group. Why was that? They had one thing in common, and that was leprosy. And leprosy was a hideous disease. It was a hideous disease physically. Leprosy began, and it seemed to be rather inconspicuous, but before it was over, lepers were disfigured, they were disabled, and of course, it was a financial disaster because they could not work, they were broke, they were homeless. Why is that? Because of the emotional cost of leprosy. Because of leprosy, they were banished from society. You think the COVID restrictions were bad? Leprosy was horrible. They were made to go away from the village, away from everybody, away from their families, away from their homes, away from anybody else, away from any human touch. Now, these 10 were fortunate. They had each other. But so many times there would be one leper banished to suffer by themselves. It was a hideous disease that affected them. They were a walking disaster. It was as sad and as tragic and as anguished as you could ever see a human being to suffer like that and to suffer all by themselves. They were just on their own. And you see, this is an accurate picture of something else that crosses all human boundaries, and that is sin. Leprosy is the perfect picture of sin. The reason being is leprosy doesn't start out all that bad. You know how leprosy starts? Leprosy starts when you can't feel something. It starts affecting the nerve endings, and it starts out, and you might say, well, that sounds pretty pleasant. At least there's no pain involved. Well, the problem is the things that should cause pain don't cause pain. So an individual gets a little blister on their foot, doesn't cause any pain. They don't tend to it. They just keep walking on it. It gets infected. No pain. So all of a sudden, they've got gangrene. No pain. They don't feel any pain. And the thing that should be causing them pain doesn't cause them pain to the point that then the disease has progressed and it starts eating away at what they are. And they start losing pieces of themselves. It gets in their eyes. They get blind. You see, this is how sin starts. The things that should hurt us don't hurt us anymore. We don't have any discomfort with the little sins. We don't have any discomfort with the little infractions. After all, it's not that big of a deal. So we lose all sensibilities. It doesn't hurt us. It doesn't cause us guilt or shame. So that leads to other things 
which leads, of course, to the damage that sin causes. And then sin has run its course, and it affects us emotionally, socially, our relationships, and spiritually. And before long, we are a walking disaster because we don't feel any pain when it comes to sin. Of course, sometimes we don't feel any pain when it comes to the suffering of others either, does it? So we understand that perhaps this disease spiritually is a lot more prevalent than we might want to admit. But it is the perfect picture of sin. And when sin has run its course, of course, it's a disaster. And all of us have that disease, don't we? Every single one of us. From the top of the ladder to the bottom of the ladder, wherever we are in the world, the whole family of humanity infected with sin. And it affects us all the same way. Always ends with disaster. Always ends with sad stories. So here they are. The good news is Jesus passed through their town. And that's the good news of all humanity. 2,000 years ago, Jesus passed through our town, didn't he? Jesus came, and that's what we begin to celebrate this time of the year, where Jesus came to be born into this world, and for a little while, he passed through our village. And as he passed through our village, as he passed through their village, he saw them. And they said, have mercy on us. And he said, go show yourselves to the priests. Now, now why would he tell them that? We've seen him heal people other ways. Earlier in the book of Luke, there's one leper, and Jesus walks right up to him and says, you're healed. Then he tells him to go show themselves to the priest. But right now, that's his first instruction. And what he was talking about is in Leviticus chapter 14, there's a big lengthy discussion on the examination of the priest, the diagnosis of leprosy, and then the examination to verify when it is healed and rituals that would enable them to get back into society. They had to be certified by the priest. Now, the first thing we notice is this. Their obedience displayed their faith. You see, he didn't say, you're healed, go show yourself to the priest. He said, go show yourself to the priest. They knew what he's talking about. They knew that he was saying, you go show yourselves to the priest so you can be certified healed. But they weren't healed when they turned around and went that way. The fact they turned around and went that way showed Jesus and the rest of the world, I believe what he's talking about. I believe what he's saying. I believe he knows what he's talking about. And you see, the same thing goes in our life, whether we're sick or not. Our obedience to Christ will be a very open display of our faith or the lack of it. Jesus said it this way in the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things I say? When we really believe Jesus is who he says he is, and we really believe Jesus knows what he's talking about, we will follow his instructions for life. We'll follow his instructions. These guys believed it, and they displayed their faith. And their appointment with the priest, first of all, would testify the, to the credential of Jesus. Now, there's no record in the scripture of anybody ever being certified healed from leprosy. 
If it happened, it was rare. But they did have that prescription. And there were times where it would happen. Now, for one guy to go to the priest and to be certified clean is one thing. And the priest could probably write it off and say, yeah, yeah, it's just a coincidence. But now for nine guys to show up and said, we ran into this guy at this village, and he said, come show ourselves to you. Here we are. We had leprosy. And then he examines them and finds out that they indeed have been healed from leprosy. Nine guys. That cannot be a coincidence. So we understand Jesus was sending a very unmistakable, powerful message. You want proof that I'm the Messiah? How about nine lepers at one time? No way, humanly possible, that would be a coincidence. Nine of them, totally clean, totally healed. He was testifying to the priest of his credentials, unmistakably. And he was thinking about them. Be one thing for them to be healed. But now in order for them to go back to work, in order for them to go back to their families, in order for the town to welcome them back into the circle, they had to be certified clean. So Jesus said, you go back to the priest, they'll do all the paperwork, and that way you can go back home. And everybody be comfortable with you. You can go back home and you can go back to work. So Jesus was taking care of all of it, the physical healing. Jesus was taking care of the financial part of it. And he, when he said, go show yourself to the priest, that was accomplishing quite a bit. That's why I gave him that instruction. And then we have one ray of light in the darkness of ingratitude. All of us have those shadows of ingratitude in our life from time to time. You remember how intently we pray when we have an emergency? We pray pretty hard, don't we? And rightfully so. You remember that? Do we pray just as intently when we thank him for resolving that emergency? Or maybe this, watch this. Maybe we need to pray very intently that that emergency didn't come this week. Do you know what happens? We're so busy with business as usual. We're not in the hospital waiting room. We're not in the emergency room. We don't have those kind of emergencies that we think about and we've had when we're praying so hard. We don't have any of that. Can we be just as intent with our gratitude? Mostly not. There's shadows of ingratitude a lot of times when it comes to people. To people. Are we thankful for the ones who helped us when we couldn't help ourselves? Our parents? Or the people that stepped up? We couldn't help ourselves. Somebody else did. A lot of times we forget about that. You see, the, the shadows of ingratitude are more prevalent than sometimes we're comfortable with. But aren't we thankful that there's one ray of light here in this story? One ray of light. This guy turned around. That's quite interesting. And that's the way it comes with gratitude, because we're busy. All these guys had life to get back to, and we've got that. They all had jobs they wanted to get back to. 
They want to get back to their relationships with their family. And we're the same way. You got your job. We have our relationships. We have our social life. We have things to do. In order to give God some praise, we've got to pretty much turn around and be deliberate with it, don't we? So he deliberately turned around. He altered his schedule so he could give Jesus some praise in his life. And he turned around. In order to turn around, he had to stop what he was doing. And that's why we come Sunday mornings. If nothing else, let's stop what we're doing. Give God some praise. Stop what we're doing. Thank him for what he's done. And it says this. And he turned around and with a loud voice glorified God. You realize what was said with that one statement? You see what leprosy would affect Pretty much all the time when that disease had progressed to the point where you couldn't stay in society, it affected your vocal cords. Most lepers couldn't talk above a raspy whisper. So when they cried out to God to have mercy on us, it was hideous. It was horrible. All they could do was just croak. Now he turns around a big, strong, loud voice. He's glorifying God. First thing he does, use what God had given him. He'd given him back his voice, and he used his voice to glorify God. Leprosy had taken it away, but he glorified God. So he turned around and had some time with Jesus. Oh, and it made a difference. It made a big difference. Jesus said, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. We read this and say, well, of course it has. He was healed of leprosy. Oh, but there's something else going on here, and you have to get with the original language to catch the real message here. The word cleanse, when you have the word cleansed here that's used in this passage of Scripture, is catharizo. It comes from our word catharsis. And it means to be cleansed. Also, the word healed is used here. The word healed is iame. And it means what we would say, healed. But then we come to the exclamation point when Jesus said, arise. The man had fell at his feet. He was worshiping Jesus. He said, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Oh, that word well does not mean cleansed. That word well does not mean healed. The word well that Jesus used in the original language is sozo. You know what it means? Saved. Delivered. You see, this man not only found healing from his leprosy, as we say in South Arkansas, he got saved. He was delivered. He found salvation. Now, not only was his here and now fixed, his eternity was fixed. Wow. Isn't that what happens when we'll turn around and come to Jesus? That's what happens. So we have here nine men. Jesus took care of some things down here for them. Here's one guy that turned around and came back and worshiped him. And he said, your faith has made you saved. So he left there. Healed on the outside, reborn on the inside. That's the celebration of this passage of Scripture. 
a one ray of light in a dark sea of ingratitude. We live in a dark world. There's a lot of suffering, a lot of hurt, a lot of hatred, a lot of shady politics, a lot of this, a lot of that, all this stuff in the news. You know what the one ray of light is in a dark world? Those of us who will shine forth the praises of God even in the midst of a dark world. Are we willing to be that? Maybe you're here and you've never accepted Christ. This man left a saved man. Maybe you're here and you have to be like the lepers. There's some things going on I need to talk to God about. You're hurting. Somebody else is hurting. Are we willing to do that? This is the time and place where we stop where we're going and spend some time with God. You willing to do that? It was standing and sing. What number? Number 297. 